Hey guys, Pastor Blake here. I uh, wanted to touch on something today that honestly is kind of hard to discuss, uh, and it's the idea of suffering. Uh, just as I think about disciple making, uh, there is this thing that we see all throughout the scriptures and this idea of suffering. We see it from the beginning uh, in Genesis 3 when sin and death entered the world. And that's one reason we suffer uh, because we live in a fallen, broken world. Um, But we also suffer in a result of that because people sin against us. People betray us. People lie. People uh, do terrible things and steal from us and all, all kinds of things. But, and, and then we even see our, our own sinful nature. We even see the things that we have caused. You know, you think about Galatians 6, 9, you reap what you sow. Um, and, and then there's this idea that, and, it, and it's really a, an interesting biblical concept of that we actually, as believers in Christ, we choose to suffer. And what's fascinating about this and why I'm even talking about this today is really because I don't know that we talk about this a lot in our discipleship of other believers. Uh, matter of fact, we oftentimes try to figure out ways around suffering. How how can we avoid suffering? And there is some wisdom in that, right? Um I mean, even even the passage I just quoted to you: reap what you, you reap, what you sow. So st- stop st- sowing stupid things, right? I love how our culture says this, and I don't know if you've heard it lately, but hey, you play stupid games, you're going to win stupid prizes. Uh, I, I actually really like that quote, probably more than I should. But um, I, I do think there is an avoidance of suffering. But the the problem with that is is that we see it over and over and over. One that it's not avoidable. It's going to happen. We are going to suffer. We are going to go through trials and temptations and afflictions. But then there's this really strange thing in following Jesus where he commands us to suffer with him. Um, and that's really strange. I mean, we, we see it in the scriptures repeatedly. We, we hear that, you know, Jesus tells his disciples in John 13 and John 15, hey, a servant is not greater than his master. And he's saying, hey, if I'm going to serve and I'm going to suffer, guess what? You are too. Um, if I'm going, if people are going to persecute me and hate me, guess what? They're going to persecute you and hate you too. You are going to suffer. And then there's these really interesting passages uh, like Colossians 1, 24, that says we fill up on the sufferings of Christ, that we're going to fill up on the sufferings of Christ. Uh, I, I want to I read this to you because I don't, I don't want to mess it up. Uh, Colossians 1, 24, now I rejoice in my sufferings for your sake. Paul sounds like a crazy man. Nobody rejoices in sufferings. But he says, I rejoice in my sufferings for your sake and in my flesh. I am filling up what is lacking in Christ's afflictions for the sake of his body that is the church. I mean, that almost sounds heretical, does it not? That Paul is saying, hey, there was something lacking in Christ's afflictions. I mean, we read the Gospels, we read Hebrews, and we're like, no, no, no. Christ he fulfilled all of it, right? He, he, I mean, that's why he screamed out on the cross. It is finished. It is finished. Uh, but there's still some sufferings to be had. And so over and over, we see in the, in the scriptures 
this call to suffer with Jesus, um, to, to suffer more with him. We see it again in 2 Corinthians uh, chapter 1, as he's talking about the God of all comfort, who comforts us in our afflictions. Uh, why, why do we suffer? Why do we have these, these afflictions? Verse 5, 2 Corinthians 1, for as we share abundantly in Christ's suffering, so through Christ, uh, we share abundantly in comfort too. If we are afflicted, it's for your comfort. It's for your salvation. And so there's a, another thing again about how we've been called to suffer with him uh, for the sake of the church. Oh, I mean, there's just so many more. I want to read you another one um, out of First uh, Peter chapter 4 because it, this begins to give purpose to our suffering. He says this, 1 Peter chapter 4, Since therefore Christ suffered in the flesh, arm yourselves in the same way of thinking, that you're also going to suffer. For whoever has suffered in the flesh has ceased from sin, so as to live the rest of his time in the flesh, no longer for the passions, but for the will of God. We see down in verse 12 of chapter 4 in 1 Peter. Beloved, do not be surprised at the fiery trial when it comes upon you to test you as though something strange were happening to you. But rejoice insofar as you share in Christ's sufferings so that you also may be, uh, rejoice and be glad when his glory is revealed. And so I think that begins to point to this ideal. Like oftentimes we in the church begin to see suffering as odd and un- unwanted, something to avoid. Thinking, why would anybody want suffering? Why would anybody choose suffering other than the fact that the Bible commands it? But in truth, I mean, let's think about this. Suffering is the way to glory. I mean, anything that's worth doing is worth suffering for, right? Right? I mean, you want to win a championship, you're going to have to suffer. You're going to have to hit the weight room. You're going to have to practice. You're going to have to go through two-a-days or three-a-days. You're going to have to sweat, blood, tears. You want to get fit? Uh, You're going to have to hit the gym. You're going to have to wake up early. You're going to have to eat right. You want to get into that grad school? You're going to have to make the grades. You're going to have to study. It's all suffering. It's all a form of suffering, you want to work hard for that big deal at work? You're going to have to put in the effort. So that's why we would choose suffering. It's for the glory. It's for the glory. Maybe maybe that's one reason we're not experiencing a lot of glory in our Christian faith, in our Christian walk, is because we're not choosing to opt in to the suffering that comes before the glory. But we see over and over, man, this is the, this is the way to Christ, right? So, so if, it's, if it's that way in the world, why would it be any different spiritually? Maybe we've gotten it confused that like this, we, we have this free gift of grace and salvation in Christ. And we're like, thank you, God, that you've done all the work for us. And all we have to do is receive it. And we're just on the receiving end. And, and yes, he takes all our sin and shame. We get all of his holiness and his righteousness. Yes, that is the truth of the gospel. God's grace is free. Yes, thank God. But man, his salvation cost everything. God doesn't just say, hey, um, uh, you know, come to me and, and then you can just, you know, pray this prayer and then you can go and live however you want. No, it costs you everything. I love Bonhoeffer's work, The Cost of Discipleship. I mean, he battles this idea. 
I don't know if you've ever read it. It's a classic, classic book, uh, but it is not an easy read. It is not a quick read uh, either, uh, but he's battling this deal. He's like, no, 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 that's, that's cheap grace is what that is, that you think you can come to God and not be changed. N- no, you come to God and, and you, you take on, all, you get all his power and you get his resurrection and you get his, but you also have his suffering. That's why Paul would say in Philippians uh, 3.10, and I want to I wanna quote this right to you. So let me turn here real quick. Um, Paul says in Philippians 3.10, here we go. It says, um, man, I want to know Christ. This is, you know, whatever gain I counted loss for the sake of Christ, all right? even that suffering. For I've suffered the loss of all things. Count them as rubbish that I may gain Christ. It's the suffering. But then in verse 10, I love this. Men that I may know him. I may know Jesus and the power of his resurrection. Is that not the hope? Is that not what we're trying to do in this, in this life, in this walk? I want to know God. I want to know the power of his resurrection. Yes. And I may share his sufferings. Ooh, I don't really like that. Becoming like him in his death. So he's talking not just suffering, but dying too. Why? Why do we do that? Why do we not stop short at just knowing him and, and reading our Bibles and learning a lot about him and going to group uh, and, and you know tapping into that power, supernatural Holy Spirit power of his resurrection? Why? Verse 11, Philippians 3 that by any means possible, I may attain the resurrection from the dead. You see, it's through suffering that we get the glory. It's through suffering that we get the glory. This, this is how we're actually like Christ. And we talk all the time like, hey, be like Jesus. Do what Jesus, what would Jesus do? We want to be like Jesus. And if we're trying to, as leaders, as church leaders, as disciple makers, disciple our people in the way of Jesus, at some point, we've got to have this conversation with them that that we're going, hey, if you want to be like Jesus, then you suffer because Jesus chose to suffer. Was it easy? No. It's why he was in the Garden of Gethsemane saying, hey, God, if there's, Father, if there's any other way, if there's any other way, I want to go that way. But he chose to suffer. He chose to suffer. And so maybe this is how we become like Christ, is that we don't just take all the good. We don't just take, uh, you know, the holiness without the confession. We don't just take the salvation without the suffering we don't just take heaven without the cross. No, the way to glory is through suffering. Hope this has been helpful for you. Just something to chew on, maybe something to talk about with your groups. Hope you'll have a great week. Love y'all.